The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. A prophecy from Isaiah. The people who had been living in darkness have seen a great light. The light of life has shined on those who had dwelt in the shadowy darkness of death. And you, God, will make it happen. You bolster the nation, making it great again. You have saturated it with joy. Everything in it is full of delight in your presence, like the joy they experience at the harvest, like the thrill of dividing up the spoils of war. For as you did back in the day when Midian oppressed us, you will shatter the yoke that burdens them. You will lift the load that weighs them down. You will break the rod of the oppressor, it's true. All of the fabric of war will go up in flames. The troops' heavy boots that stamped us down and their blood-soaked garb will all be burned beyond recognition or use. There will be a new time, a fresh start. Hope of all hopes, dream of our dreams, a child is born. Sweet breath, the sun is given to us, a living gift. And even now, with tiny features and dewy hair, he is great. The power of leadership and the weight of authority will rest on his shoulders. And his name we'll know in many ways. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Dear Father, everlasting, ever-present, never-failing, Master of wholeness, Prince of Peace. His leadership will bring such prosperity as we've never seen before. Sustainable peace for all time. This child, God's promise to David, a throne forever among us to restore sound leadership that cannot be perverted or shaken. He will ensure justice without fail and absolute equity always. The immense passion of the eternal commander of heavenly armies will carry this to completion. And so Ecclesia, God has come himself to restore Shalom. And so today we light the candle of peace. Shall the fears de- 
us that Jesus offers us comfort. We can all feel comforted in the truth that God loves us. Even more than love our sister. The birth of Jesus brings us joy. Happiness can fade, but the joy sees us through the hard times. And this season of Advent reminds us that even in the waiting, there is great joy. And moments of weariness and chaos. Christmas reminds us that Jesus is our peace. That we have been redeemed and restored. And all things are being made new. Just as our little one reminds us of hope, comfort, joy, and peace. It's a new baby Jesus, and he's come to save us. We have another baby, Jesus, who is coming to save us. His new life and this new life remind us of new beginnings. Merry Christmas. 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 Merry Christmas.
heaven come down, heaven come down Just to know that you and me is enough God of heaven come down, heaven come down worship through a time of offering, would you recite this prayer along with me? In this season of anticipation, we gather our hearts as one family, offering our lives to the building of your new world. We remember your coming, celebrate your presence, and await your return. Creation has received your greatest gift, a baby born to heal all. May we respond in faith by laying our very best at your feet in worship. 
May love and peace reign and our coming King be celebrated with every breath. Amen. Well, hello, Ecclesia family. Can't believe it's already the fourth Sunday in Advent and we are rounding the corner and headed home for Christmas Eve very soon. Wanted to pause and give you some updates and actually celebrate some things with you. So one, if you were a part of our wine, turning wine into water event recently, we just wanna give you a huge thank you and celebrate how amazing that was and thank our story team, as well as Asher Castillo and so many others who put together just some beautiful boxes, uh, some great food and some great wine. Uh, so fun to hear from our brothers and sisters over at Tulip Winery in Israel. What a gift it was. And I just wanna celebrate the fact that Typically we would gather in, in a building and we would all be together uh, and that didn't happen, but we were still able to do this beautiful event and we raised over $40,000 uh, in order to give a gift of clean water to so many people that desperately need it. How amazing is that, that we were able to gather in homes and still pull together resources in that way. So I just wanna give a huge thank you to all of you who participated in that. Thank you for your generosity and just showing up and having a really good time, uh, such a gift. And then just want to mention, hey, we're still, there's still a chance for us to pause and consider what it means to conspire to give and celebrate Jesus in a really profound way. And you can still participate in that uh, as we look to pull our resources together to offer a gift to the least of these. And you can participate in that by going to ecclesiahouston.org slash advent. It's not too late for you to be a part of that. Thank you so much for your generosity and considering that. And as we're talking about generosity as well, we have some homeless brothers and sisters here in our city that as it's turning colder and the nights are getting longer, they have some needs as well. And we have a chance to give them some very physical, tangible things that they need. So some of the things they need are uh, packets in order to create some warm and hot drinks. So instant coffee packages, tea packets, as well as uh, hot, hot cocoa packages. Those are some things that we need. They also need a lot of things that they can use to do things like charge their devices, things like um, iPhone cables or Android cables that they can plug into, portable charging stations, things like solar powered uh, camping lights. There's something, uh, a Lucy brand, I'm not much of a camper, but I hear it's amazing. Those kinds of things go a long way. But some of those kind of things that you can donate uh, for a full list, you can go to our website, ecclesiahouston.org, uh, and then you can find the list there. There's a couple of options to donate. Uh, one is we've got times designated on our campuses, uh, Mondays from 11 to one at 1100 Elder downtown. And then on Wednesdays from 11 to one at our West Side campus as well. But we're also gonna have a chance to gather at 1100 Elder on Christmas Eve, and you can bring those supplies with you if you're planning to come. Which brings me to my last and final update for you, is that we are absolutely planning to gather in person on Christmas Eve. We definitely love the chance to sing Christmas carols together, uh, to do some prayers, uh, very much like a drive-in kind of style. Uh, you can do it from uh, within your car, very near your car. And then also we've got a safe way to light candles together as well. So you can sign up for those, uh, very safe uh, way for us to gather together. We def definitely would love to see you in person. And then we'll also be offering uh, a video and a, a way to celebrate and sing uh, online as well. And you can find that at ecclesiahouston.org slash online. Uh, but Ecclesia, there's plenty of ways that we can still uh, gather and celebrate and do that safely. And we would love to see you at both of those places. Um, and so lastly, I just wanna invite you to take a few moments and to prepare yourself as our lead pastor, Chris C., is gonna bring one more message in this Advent Sunday uh, from God's word. And my hope and my prayer for you is that you again, see this story that we so often repeat and we hear again and again, but may you see it with fresh eyes. May you hear these words with fresh ears. May it create hope in, in you in this season. And may you be able to offer words of hope and affirmation to those you love and those around you. Ecclesia, we love you. We can't wait to see you. God bless. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris. Welcome to the fourth week of Advent. Would you pause? Take in a deep breath and pray with me as we ask God to speak to us uh, during this special Advent week. 
Lord God, we thank you for the truth and the uniqueness of the story. We believe that it's true, but we also believe uh, that in being true historically and spiritually, it's also unbelievable. Who could imagine that the savior of the earth would be born in a tiny unknown village to these teenagers that no one knew about or thought of? Isaiah 53 reminds us that indeed, who would ever believe it? Who would possibly accept what we've been told? Who has witnessed the awesome power and plan of the eternal action? And the prophet foretold that out of emptiness, he came like a tender shoot from rock hard ground. He didn't look like anything or anyone of consequence. He had no physical beauty to attract our attention. And God, we believe that that scripture holds true to us today, uh, that this story is so unbelievable that it has to be true. Who could make up a story like this? And so we ask today, God, that as we anticipate your birth, as we anticipate the opportunity to gather together, uh, both in person, uh, outside for our even song format on Christmas Eve, and gather at home with family and friends, that this would be not just a holiday, but truly a holy day, a day that we get to meet you and encounter you in a new way. We pray all of this together, and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Well, Ecclesia, I am hoping that you've had a great week. Last week, I talked to you a bit about tempo and one of the challenges that many of us face in this season, that things start to move too fast and we need to take a deep breath and slow down and look at the people in front of us and remind ourselves, I love these people. Or sometimes maybe you're like me and some of the people we're going to talk about today and you go, I, I want to love everybody. I often pray, Lord, um, be with those that I love and those that I'm learning to love. Um, I may not love them yet. They may be hard to love, but I'm learning to love. And this is what I want you to know about the Advent story, that Christmas is for all people. Many holidays of other faiths are for a small group of people. This is for us and our sect and our people and our religion. And the unique thing about this Jewish Messiah was that this Jewish Messiah was coming for everyone, right? Isn't it amazing that we sing joy to the world and not joy to the Jews, right? Or joy to the rich or joy to the poor. We sing joy to the world, why? Because the scriptures were clear from long ago that the Messiah would come, would be a Jewish Messiah, but a Jewish Messiah and the tradition of Abraham to be a blessing for all people for the whole world. And that's what many have missed about Christianity. They've thought, well, Christianity's narrow-minded and it's only for this group of people. And they begin to look down their noses and there are Christians that behave like this, that look down their noses on people that aren't like them or don't believe the same as them. And the thing we need to know is that in keeping with true Christianity, that behavior is just not Christian because Jesus' birth is good news for everyone. And that means every, that means the people that voted different than you. That means the people that live in places you've never been to and you don't know anything about. That means the people that you actually despise that Jesus' birth is good news to them. And if it's not good news for everyone, then it's not good news for anyone because Jesus declared he was a savior for all nations, for all people. And so what do we do in response to that? This is my favorite part to talk to you about at Advent. We get to be a people that not only worship fully, Spend less. We're going to spend less, but we want to give more. We want to give the best gifts, gifts that are actually meaningful, that express love. And then what do we want to do? We want to love everyone. We want to love all. And this Christmas in 2020, more than ever, there are a lot of people longing for some love. I was so proud this week as we celebrated our staff. And by the way, you could celebrate them too. The people you know on staff, would you just send a quick text message? Um, send them a note, maybe even a Christmas gift, and let them know like what you did to care for us spiritually this year, it mattered to me in 2020. Thank you. And though we couldn't have our typical Christmas party that's pretty freaking fun, I would put it up against any church Christmas party on the planet. And maybe you think that's a minor league party, but maybe you haven't been to an Ecclesia staff Christmas party. We typically do a really big one. And this year, we had to do it virtually. We had some gift bags, but we also had some fun experiences. We had some competitions with photos. I'm not gonna tell you who exactly won, but you should check these out. We laughed, we laughed on Zoom. 
And you know what else we did? We put into practice what we do at Ecclesia and we love all people. Here's a quick clip of us sharing a gift with our dear brother Frank in Uganda who had a big need and our dear brother EJ Kemper and his church in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I have uh, uh, Pastor EJ Kemper and his wife Aurelia with me and then I'm supposed to pass it to Asher and Asher's gonna share a little bit more about the blessing that we get to share. This is one of those seasons we just want to focus on loving all and um, we're blessed to be a church that gets to do that often and regularly. Asher. That's right. Man, EJ, really is so glad y'all can be with Chris and be with us this weekend and on this call. Like we love, love, love the people of Louisiana. Um, Chris is currently taking y'all to uh, Tom Peacock Nissan uh, because y'all need a van and Christmas is a great time get a van and a church. So uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We love you guys. And we're praying that anyone in that van will just feel the love of Houston, uh, the love of Louisiana, the love of Jesus, our liberating King. And just uh, we'll feel that, you know, God is with us in that van. And as y'all are doing the work of the Lord there in Louisiana, we're just so excited for y'all to be with you. So we love you guys. Have fun. Take it for a test drive. Uh, Chris will, I'm sure, get y'all something really good to eat. Yep. We're right, we're right across the street now, so we're going to go over and get the van. Oh, yeah. And we'll... Uh, he says he's pulling over. We'll drive you. We'll drive. We'll... Uh, <laughs> we'll say, I'll let Pastor EJ say something. Yeah, he told us he was pulling over in Papa Do's. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Thank you all so very much. We're, we're, we're so grateful uh, for, for this. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm losing my... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my speech. Um, we're just extremely grateful for this. Uh, not just uh, this, but you all have continuously uh, uh, partnered with and sent supplies, came down uh, and helped us be a resource to, to, to our community. So we're, we're so grateful for you all. And I'm so grateful to be able to just to hear the stories that Pastor Chris has been sharing with me. And so we love you all. And uh, please continue to keep us in, our, in your prayers as we continue to pray for you all as well. Ecclesia, I'm so proud that our staff gets to represent you and your love and generosity in Louisiana, uh, in Uganda, and through clean water all across the globe. We've been at this for a lot of years, and we believe the most significant Christmas gift we can give is to give that gift to Jesus. And I've found no greater need across the globe than the need for clean water. And I'm so excited and so blessed that we get to partner with an organization that we believe in, um, the leadership of that organization, much of the organization, there are members of our church. They worship with us. They celebrate with us. These are people that we have been in the thick of it with for a very, very long time. In fact, it feels like we've been doing this for almost two decades now, and we have. Uh, it was my first trip to Liberia that really set us on a path with Living Water International. Um, there was a new program in Liberia, and the need in Liberia was overwhelming. We decided that we would drill one water well, We'd see how it went and I'd make a trip over and try to assess like how much of a difference did that well make in that community and what else should we do? And in Liberia, I've got to tell you, Ecclesia, even more powerful than the need. And the need was significant. People were drinking water from rivers and streams. They were getting really sick. Babies and kids were really sick. I was overwhelmed by the need. But what really captured me was the transformation. We visited one small village outside of Monrovia. In fact, we had an amazing experience there. It's been captured. In fact, many in the church don't even know that this is our footage from our first trip uh, to Liberia. Uh, David Blaine, for some reason, you'll see now shortly why, uh, was captured by one of the people we met in that first village. And this is what he said to me. I call him Winston the Water Fountain. His name is Winston. I don't know his last name. Winston came up and told us, hey, we're really grateful for the clean water. Let me show you. I learned that I could do something with it. It's pretty awesome. And then I'll tell you what happened in Liberia and why we need to keep doing this. Ecclesia, isn't that cool? Winston is pretty talented. In fact, there's some water wells dedicated to him now in Liberia uh, because David Blaine was so captured by this that he tried to track me down because you can see me in that video. And uh, someone told him my name. He found me, found my cell phone number. It's a little creepy when you check your cell phone and David Blaine's voice is on there because I never wondered, like, does he have special powers or he's a demonic or um, that's a joke. He's not demonic. 
He's, but he's, he's a unique guy for sure. And he loved Winston. And you know what happened in Liberia? Not just that we met an interesting guy and he's been featured on TV with David Blaine. Around Monrovia, this area called Mount Barkley. When we drilled water wells all around that community, years later, Ebola hit Liberia. And in the communities where we drilled water wells, in the communities where people were no longer drinking from uh, rivers and streams, they were drinking clean water from the ground, from a living water well funded by Ecclesia and our friends. No one in any of those communities ever became sick with Ebola. They practiced sanitation that we all now know is really important. And they drank clean water and they stayed healthy and well. And this is what I can promise you. The Ecclesians that were around then that contributed to drill those wells, there's not a one of us now, and especially not in heaven, that will look back and regret the money that we spent there. My guess is you may have an extra glass of wine at some point and buy too much on Amazon this week if you're not careful, right? You'll just buy something that you don't need for somebody that doesn't want it. I don't know. But I can tell you this. When we together text to give or we write a check and we make a gift to our Advent Conspiracy Funded Ecclesia, all of that money goes to clean water and it will be a part of a kind of transformation like what we saw in the Mount Barkley area in Liberia so many years ago. And we believe then, and we also believe now, that the birth of Jesus is good news for everyone. Zacharias knew this. And in the Gospel of Luke, it tells this story, right? It's a pretty cool story. Zacharias wanted to have a baby. He really wanted to have a baby. And yet he got super old, so old that it seemed impossible. And an angel came to him and told him, you're going to have a baby. And you know what, Zacharias, even though he was a professional man of faith, he didn't have any faith. And he actually talked back to the angel, which I don't recommend because angels were known then to be uh, kind of a, a force of nature, right? You were actually scared when an angel came to you. And Zacharias talked back to the angel and basically said, I don't believe you, show me a sign, right? To which the angel probably said like, what do you think I am, <laughs> right? I'm an angel here. If that's not your sign, I don't know what kind of sign you need. And some of us are in a similar place. God's spoken to you really clearly. And you're going, well, I'll... I'll wait until he really shows me. And so what does the angel do? The angel says, this is almost like a practical joke. It could be uh, like a film in Hollywood with Jim Carrey in it. All of a sudden, Zacharias can't talk anymore. And I don't know if his wife was super excited that he couldn't talk anymore. I don't know exactly how it went down, but things got interesting in that his wife was really pregnant. And you know what? He couldn't speak for that whole period of time from when the angel appeared to when the baby was born. And then it tells us in Luke chapter 1, verse 63, that when the baby was born, he motioned for a tablet because he couldn't speak yet. And he wrote, his name is John. Because the angel had been clear and the angel was right. And it tells us everyone was shocked by this breach of family custom, right? They were even more surprised when at that moment, Zacharias was able to talk again and he shouted out praises to God. Literally, his first words that he could speak, Ecclesia, he sang them. I can't wait to sing together. He sang them. And, he, and it says this, that a sense of reverence spread through the whole community. In fact, this story was spread throughout the hill countryside of Judea. And people were certain that God's hand was on this child. And they wondered what sort of person John would turn out to be when he became a man. And when Zacharias' voice was restored to him, he sang from the fullness of the Spirit a prophetic blessing. A blessing over John and over us and the world. And this is what he sang. May the Lord God of Israel be blessed indeed. For God's intervention has begun and he has moved to rescue us, the people of God. And the Lord has raised up a powerful sign of liberation for us from among the descendants of God's servant, King David, as was prophesied through the mouths of his holy prophets in ancient times. God will liberate us, he sang, from our enemies and from the hand of our oppressors. God will show mercy promised to our ancestors, upholding the abiding covenant he made with them, remembering the original vow he swore to Abraham, from whom we are all descended. Ecclesia, what was that vow that he made to Abraham? Not just that he would bless Abraham, that he would bless Abraham to be a blessing to all people. And now Zacharias sings and reminds us that that is coming to fulfillment in the birth of John, who will be the one to point to Jesus. What better role could we have this Advent than simply to point to Jesus? What a great role John has, right? That it's not about him. Zacharias knew the story wasn't about John. 
The story was about Jesus, and John got the privilege of pointing people to Jesus. Ecclesia, I don't know if you're making this mistake this year, but I watch a lot of people historically, and even this year, try to make the holiday season about their kids in a way that's not actually helpful for the kids. I, we love kids at Ecclesia. I, I love that most of you are really smart about decorating and doing crafts and making cupcakes and making this season really fun for your kids. It should be. One of the things I miss most is doing kids' sermons with you. I'm going to share one with you on Christmas Eve that I hope your kids will join in with. I miss seeing them in person. But I can tell you this, if your kids think that Christmas is about them, then they will have missed it and you will have done them a spiritual disservice. Christmas is about Jesus coming for all people. And when we celebrate that, our kids are going to enjoy it because we have something great to celebrate. So Ecclesia, clearly, Christmas is not about you or me. It's definitely not about our kids. It's about Jesus. And we ought to celebrate Jesus really well. Our first gift being to Jesus. I think to bring clean water to people that need it. And then we ought to give gifts to each other that express our love to all people. In the consumeristic culture that we live in, it's easy to make Christmas about shopping and about things. And it's easy to forget people that we don't know, people all across the globe. I'm astounded that in 1967, Martin Luther King Jr. recognized in his last Christmas sermon ever that the world is connected and that Christmas ought to be a blessing to the whole world. He said it this way in his last Christmas sermon. He said, yes, as nations and individuals, we're interdependent, or we at least feel like we are. Right? I've spoken to you before of our visit to India some years ago, and it was a marvelous experience. But I say to you this morning that there were those depressing moments. How can one avoid being depressed when one sees with one's own eyes the evidence of millions of people going to bed hungry at night? Or we would say also without clean water. How can one avoid being depressed when one sees with one's own eyes thousands of people sleeping on the sidewalks at night? More than a million people sleep on the sidewalks of Bombay, we now call it Mumbai, every night. More than a half a million people sleep on the sidewalks of Calcutta every night. They have no houses to go into. They have no beds to sleep in. As I behold these conditions, something within me cried out. And this is what King said. He said, can we in America stand idly by and not be concerned? And an answer came to me, oh no. And I started thinking about the fact that right here in our country, King says, we spend millions of dollars. Now it would be billions and billions of dollars every day to store surplus food. And I said to myself, I know where we can store all that food free of charge in the wrinkled stomachs of millions of God's children in Asia, Africa, and Latin America, and even in our own nation who go to bed hungry at night. It really boils down to this, that all life is interrelated. We are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied into a single garment of destiny. Now, King wrote this and preached this before the internet, before the world felt really global. He said, whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. We are made to live together because of the interrelated structure of reality. Do you ever stop to think that you can't leave for your job in the morning without being dependent on most of the world? In 67, King said this. He said, you get up in the morning and you go to the bathroom and you reach over the sponge and that's handed to you by a Pacific Islander. You reach out for a bar of soap and that's given to you at the hands of a Frenchman. And then you go into the kitchen to drink your coffee for the morning and that's given to you in your cup by a South American. And maybe you want tea and that's poured into your cup by a Chinese man or woman. And Or maybe, he says... You're desirous of having cocoa for breakfast, and that's poured into your cup by a West African. And then you reach over your toast, and that's given to you at the hands of an English-speaking farmer, not to mention the baker. And before you finish eating breakfast in the morning, you're dependent on most half of the world. This is the way our universe is structured. This is its interrelated quality. We aren't going to have peace on earth until we recognize this basic fact of the interrelated structure of all reality. King was right in 1967. And in 2020, more than ever, what happens in China matters here. What happens here matters in Latin America and on and on and on. It was more than 10 years ago 
that we were able to purchase and begin renovations on this building at 1100 Elder that I'm standing in. I'm amazed to think that the worship that's happened in this building, the worship both in song and in giving and in service has literally impacted the world. It's changed families and communities in Liberia and for families all across the globe impacted for the need of clean water. I wanna invite you to join me in a prayer. As we continue to worship God this Advent, as we prepare for Christmas Day and Christmas Eve, I believe, Ecclesia, that Christmas really can change the world today, just as it did in ancient times. Lord God, I thank you. Thank you for the words of Martin Luther King. I thank you for the words of the prophet Isaiah. I thank you for the song sung by Zacharias after John was born and his voice returned. And he reminded all people through that song that your birth was for everyone. God, I thank you for the privilege of what it means to be a Christian. And that being a Christian doesn't mean that I believe you want to bless me, but I believe that it means you want to bless me so that I can be a blessing to all people. May your birth be an occasion to celebrate that reality of Christian truth. I ask you to bless my brothers and sisters today. And I pray this together with all of them. And I pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Pastor Chris, thank you for this message during our Advent season. Sisters and brothers, we now come to the table in our gathering, the table of Jesus, who invites us to come and partake and remember. The scriptures tell us that before we do that, that we should examine ourselves. And so if you would join me in this prayer of confession, I will lead as a celebrant. As we long for the coming of Jesus, we contemplate our sin and our need of a savior. Come, long expected Jesus, excite in us a desire for the wisdom of the Father. Forgive us the foolishness and harm of our words and actions. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us a hunger for peace throughout the world, in our homes, in our hearts. Forgive us when we cling to our sad divisions, resentments, and shame. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us the joy of the Spirit you have given us. Free us from any sorrow and anger that blinds us to your wondrous creation. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us love for you and all of our neighbors. Forgive us for tirelessly seeking our own interests. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in us a faith that never underestimates the power of your hand. Forgive us when fear hinders our obedience to you. And all together, lift our heads in contrite hope and renew our hearts to receive your arrival as never before. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. And so, sisters and brothers, Jesus is inviting you to this table. On the night before he was betrayed, he shared a meal with his disciples, his friends. And it was a meal to remind them to remember him. He said, this is my body broken for you. And he said, this is my blood shed for you. Ecclesia, in this Advent season, let us remember that it's our wonderful counselor, our mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, who invites you to taste and see forgiveness and redemption. Oh,
the great privilege once again of praying over our children together. So if you have children in your home, I encourage you to put a hand on them or reach out a hand towards them. If you don't have a child in your home with you, just call one to mind, a child that you love, maybe a child overseas, uh, whatever comes to mind. And let's pray together. Lord, will you put your hand of grace and blessing upon our children? May you pour out your love upon them this day. May you give them eyes to see you and ears to hear you. May you surround them with comfort, with care, with love, with attunement, with eyes that delight in them. And may they know through our eyes and through our love that you are with them. And Lord, you have promised to never leave them, never forsake them. So we entrust our children into your care once again with great joy and hope in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The benediction this week is a poem by Madeline Lingle, Into the Darkest Hour. It was a time like this, war and tumult of war, of horror in the air, hungry yawned the abyss, and yet there came the star and the child most wonderfully there. It was a time like this, of fear and lust for power, license and greed and blight, and yet the Prince of Bliss came into the darkest hour 
and quiet and silent light. And in a time like this, how celebrate his birth when all things fall apart. Ah, wonderful it is. With no room on the earth, the stable is our heart. Ecclesia family, may you encounter God's spirit in powerful ways through this sacred week as you anticipate and as we celebrate. Go now preparing once again to greet the incarnate child, God with us. Dwell in peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.